Good morning. Oh, I cannot begin to tell you how humble I am and how honored I am to be standing here before you this morning and uh, what a joy it is to bring you God's word. It, it truly is and thank you so much for the opportunity you provided for me. Um, have, you ever, have you ever gotten your truck, this happened to me uh, uh, several months ago, got in my truck and got out that key put the key in that ignition and turn that ignition on. And what did I find? Check engine light. Check engine light comes on. I'm thinking, oh man, you know, what am I gonna do? Well, I had a buddy of mine, he said, don't, Jim, don't worry about this. He said, we can take care of this. He said, I've got this little thing, plug it into the cigarette lighter, throw a switch and that light will go out. I said, well, praise God, right? Next day he comes over, we put that thing in the cigarette lighter and the light went out. Oh, man, that's great. Until the next time I started the truck, the light comes back on. So, okay, so that didn't work so good. So now what am I going to do? Okay, so I talked to some folks, and I talked to a lady. She said, I know, what the, I know what you do. I just put a piece of duct tape over that light. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, so, you know, that's, that's an option. Okay. I said, or I could go to the third option, okay? And I could go to the mechanic and I could find out what's wrong with this truck, right? So that's what I did. I went and I got a diagnostic test. I took the truck to the mechanic and it printed out a report. And that report said, your passenger side airbag needs repaired. Hmm. It said to replace the tire pressure sensor valve. And then the third thing it says was your electronic sensory system malfunction, whatever that is. I don't know. So I decided to sell the truck. Okay, it just, just wasn't worth it. Okay? So, but but my, my question to this morning is this. Okay, if we, if we born-again evangelical Christians came with a spiritual faith light, what would yours look like? Okay, if it was mine, it might say something like, Prayer life needs to be revived. It might say failure to confess sin. It might say show more love and compassion. Or it might even say you failed to pick up your cross and follow me. So what would you do? If that light came on, what would you do? Would you just turn it off and ignore it and hope it goes away? Would you maybe try to cover it up? And that would duct tape, but maybe, well, you know what, I can cover it up by going to church next Sunday. You know, maybe I can attend a Bible study. That'll take care of all the problems, right? Or would you pray, ask God to reveal the truth, and respond appropriately? I'd like to think that's what we would do here. And that's going to take us to our passage this morning. If you're with me this morning and you are able, please turn to Luke Chapter 9, if you do not have a Bible in your pew Bible, it's page 1030. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. And once you find that, if you would please stand in reverence of God's word. And when I see everyone standing, I'll know everybody's found the passage. Luke 9, verse, beginning with verse 23, says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you want to be my follower, 
you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Verse 24. I'm reading from NLT. Verse 24. If you are trying to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourselves lost or destroyed? And then finally, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory. You may be seated. Father, as we come together this morning and look at this scripture, it's a tough scripture, Lord. I just pray you would give me the words. Father, you would touch our hearts to truly know what that means to truly follow Christ in a special way. Pick up that cross, Lord, and follow you. Lord, be with us today as we go through the scripture and we begin to learn just what that might mean for each and every one of us here today. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We now, Father, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to be here and present among us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a tough passage, isn't it? I mean, it's a really tough passage. But before we get into it, what I didn't read to you was a passage beforehand. So once again, if you want to turn back, if you still have your Bible, turn to verse 22. Verse 22 says this, The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Then Jesus looked out at the crowd, and he asked the question, Who wants to follow me? That's tough. That is really tough. So the question is, oftentimes you, you look at passages and say, was he talking to me? I mean, really, right? I mean, Jesus has these disciples, and it's easy to say, nah, man, he ain't talking to me. He's talking to the disciples. Or maybe you could say, no, nah, he's just kind of talking to the fellow Jews. You know, who is Jesus talking to? I think it's pretty apparent. He looked out at the crowd, and he said, if you, me, us, the group, if we want to follow Jesus, then this is what we have to do. Pick up your cross. So here I want to start this morning by asking a question. I'm going to call for an answer, okay? If there's anyone here in this room who either is a follower of Jesus Christ or wants to be a follower of Jesus Christ, signify by saying I. Great. All opposed, same sign? Okay, praise God. Now at least I know who I'm talking to, okay? We are all followers of Jesus Christ or wanting to be followers of Christ, right? Let's, let's dive into it. It says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Now some versions say give up your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. So the first question this morning is this. Are, are, we, are we guilty of being selfish? Guilty of wanting our own way. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we say, man, we live in the United States of America. Of course we're selfish. Of course we want our own way. Okay, that's in our culture. Right? That's in our DNA. We're selfish. We're sinful human beings. So how do you find joy in following Jesus while giving up our selfish ways? Tough question, isn't it? 
Have you ever thought about that? Man, I really want to follow you, Lord. I want to do what you've called me to do, Lord. But, but I'm selfish. And, and Lord, you know, maybe I'm not finding the joy in following you that, that I otherwise should because I'm a selfish, sinful person. Folks, I want to give you some encouragement this morning. And you've heard me say this in the past, and I apologize, but I'm going to say it again. Life action. Okay? Several months ago, you know, I saw and witnessed some of the most selfless attitudes I have ever seen from so many people. What this church did, you opened up your homes. You offered your cars. You, you offered meals. You opened up your heart to these folks. You opened up your pocketbooks. You opened up your life. You gave of your time. You gave of your talents. And you gave of your treasures. And all the time, you were giving up your own way. And you were joyfully serving and following Jesus Christ. And that's admirable. And I believe in all my heart, and I think you do too, that if the call ever came again, or the opportunity ever arose again, you would once again step up to the plate and you'd do it joyfully and gladly. And folks, I think there's plenty of opportunity out there in the future. So continuing, he says, take up your cross and follow me. Wow, another really tough passage. Can we find joy in following Jesus while carrying our cross? Now, let me just make a distinction here, okay? The passage here is saying, take our cross. This isn't saying, pick up Jesus' cross. No one can carry Jesus' cross. He carried the sin on his shoulders for a world. He's not asking us to do that. But what he is saying is, pick up your cross, pick up our cross. So what exactly does that mean? Well, it's this. A cross was a horizontal crossbeam. Okay, it was something that would lay across your back. Okay, it did not include the vertical stake. Okay, it, between the stake and the crossbeam, it would be far too heavy to pick up. You could not carry it. So likely, the vertical stake stayed as a permanent fixture at the crucifixion site. Okay, so a person was sentenced to be crucified, that's where he'd pick up the cross beam, wherever the sentencing of what was held. Okay, and he would take that cross beam and he would put it on his shoulders and he would carry that to the place of crucifixion. While people lined the streets and shouted and hurled insults and taunts and ridiculed that person and humiliated him publicly. So really, picking up your cross and following Jesus is a figure of speech. It basically means to endure social persecution because of a commitment to what? To follow Jesus Christ. So now let me ask you, <laughs> do you still want to follow Jesus? It's tough. It's tough. Okay? And if you're going to be totally honest with each other, I'll be honest with you, I ain't looking forward to social persecution. It's not fun. Okay, being harassed, being, oh, you're one of those Jesus freaks, aren't you? 
you know, being taunted, being insulted, having to stand in the crowd because of your faith, sometimes that's, that's a tough place to be, and we try to avoid it. It was many years ago, I had a, uh, I had a niece, and she called me one night, very, very surprised, I think I haven't seen her in years, and she said, Uncle Jim, she says, uh, I'm getting married. I said, well, praise God. She said, uh, I want you to uh, pray at my, at my reception. Would you do that? And I said, wow. You know, Annette, I said, I am honored. I am honored. Right? So several months later, wedding's here. We go to the wedding. Beautiful wedding. She, it was a Catholic wedding, but it's still a beautiful wedding. And, um, and then we're at the reception. Now, the, the wedding was over at 3, and the reception started at 6. And between 3 and 6, they had open bar. So you can begin to imagine, particularly with my family, you know, what this looked like, okay? I mean, there was, man, the, the drinks were flowing, right? And people were really feeling good. And the conversation was getting raunchy, right? And, and all this stuff was going on. And, and I keep thinking, maybe they forgot. You know, maybe they forgot that they asked me to pray, right? That's what I'm praying for. And, and, and so, no, no, sure enough, somewhere around 6.30, they came up to me and said, you're up, Jim, time to pray. And I didn't want to do this, man. I did not want to do this. So I got up in front of about 250 people. And I said, what am I going to say? What am I going to say to this crowd? So I paused. And I said, I said folks, I said three hours ago, Annette and, and uh, Walt invited you into a church. And I said, they invited you into a church because they wanted God present to bless their marriage. And I said, here it is three hours later, and we want God present to bless this outing. And suddenly, you could hear a pin drop. Suddenly, everything, boom. You know what? And I, and, and I felt such incredible peace after I prayed. And I felt incredible joy to know that even though I really didn't want to do this, but God gave me the ability to follow through and, and, and seek Jesus Christ. And folks, if I can give you one piece of advice, don't let the world intimidate you, please. Okay? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. So, folks, when, 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 it, when you're called to be socially persecuted, accept it. You know, carry Jesus Christ to that pagan wedding. Carry Jesus Christ to that family reunion. Carry Jesus Christ to work. You know, carry it in a crisis situation. Carry it to your brothers and sisters who really need to know that there is true joy in following Jesus. But, warning... 2 Timothy 3.12 makes it abundantly clear. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. It's going to happen. Bubba, John, I, I was going to suggest to you maybe we, should, maybe we should take our Sunday school next week and ask how many people were persecuted this week. You know, wouldn't that be awesome if we did that every week in our Sunday school classes? Who was persecuted this week and how? And encourage, encourage each and every one of us that that's really what we're called to do. 
to carry the cross and suffer persecution. Verse 24 continues, if you're trying to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Now let me again be, be clear here. This does not necessarily mean dying. Okay, although there were many apostles, Paul, Peter, James, Stephen, they all had to die for their faith. Okay, but it does not necessarily. People oftentimes read this and think, man, if I, you know, that means I've got to give up, that means I've got to die. No, it doesn't. What that means is you have to die to yourself. Thank you, Dave. I just got an amen from there. There's a guy who knows this, right? You've got to die to yourself. Okay, so basically what it's saying is self-interest for the present, okay, leads to self-loss in the end. Okay, let me repeat that. Self-interest for the present leads to self-loss in the end. Okay, so self-interest, okay, unwillingness to pick up your cross, unwillingness to give of yourself, selfish ambition, we've already talked about that, failure to follow Jesus. Those are your self-interest today. If that's your self-interest today, then you're going to lose in the end. You're not going to get what you want. Whereas self-loss for the present, if it's for Jesus' sake, leads to self-interest in the end. <laughs> okay, well, let me repeat. I know it's confusing. Okay, let me say that again. Self-loss for the present, if it's for Jesus, leads to self-interest in the end. In other words, if today, in our present age, we go the extra mile, if today we give to those in need, if we turn the other cheek, if we show unconditional love, we're going to be winners in the end. In other words, do you want to experience true joy in serving Jesus? Okay, that means all the time. Or do you want perceived joy of serving this world today? And, and there's a lot of perceived joys in serving the world. And we as Christians know it's not true. Their self-interest, their selfish desires and interests. That's serving the world. And we turn from that. So the Bible makes it pretty clear. Galatians 5 tells us that anger, jealousy, envy, dissension, list goes on and on, right? Those are our sinful natures. Okay? That's what, that's what the world tells us we should be. And what do we get? It's pretty clear. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now carry that down just a few verses and it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, that's how we're to act today. That's the, that's the front load, right? And, and, and what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. With those you will inherit the kingdom of God. And folks, with those we will find out what it truly means to joyfully follow Jesus. Moving on to verse 25, it says, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourselves are lost or destroyed? Wow. So let me ask you a question. Is this world and everything in it what you want? That's a tough question, isn't it? Is this world really what you want? What does the world offer? Let's look at the world, 
okay, to a non-Christian, this is what the world offers. Riches, okay? The one who dies with the most toys wins, right? Prestige, you know, what kind of car do I drive? What kind of house do I live in? You know, prestige, power, pleasure. I'm entitled to do whatever I want. Passions, no real truth. The truth is something you create in yourself. This is what the world offers. You can be who you are, you can be what you are, you can be what you want to be, it's no difference. And folks, let me tell you, that is packaged into one big lie. And I am so, I, you know, if, if, if you get nothing out of this, get this. The devil has one huge, huge deception that the world has fallen into. And it's this. You're born, you live, you die, and you go to heaven. Is that not what we hear? It, I mean, we, every, you turn on television, you hear it. You turn on the radio, you hear it. You hear that in churches. I went to a funeral not too long ago where the minister got up there and looked at the, the individual in the casket, and I don't want to judge, but I got a pretty good idea where this person's going. It isn't to heaven. And said, folks, don't worry, because we're all going to be with Phyllis again someday. And I'm praying, I hope not. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> you know, but this is, the, this is the deception of the devil. Now, the truth, the truth, for any non-Christians here, truth, okay? You're born, you live, you die, and you go straight to hell, unless you turn to Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive us for our sins and acknowledge that he is Lord and Savior. That's the truth. Amen. Amen. And, 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 oh, that's so frustrated with the devil. So what do we do? Do we just serve others? Um, do, we, do we find joy in serving Jesus? Are we, are we prepared to offer forgiveness? Are we prepared to just, you know, move ahead and, and go the extra mile? You know, what are we willing to do to truly follow Jesus Christ and find that joy in serving him? You know, I had an opportunity... Oh, I think, Eddie, I think you were in the office. I was with Bo oh, several months back. And we were just talking about heaven and what it's going to look like. I think that point he was doing his heaven series. And we asked ourselves the question. We said, if, if Jesus were to come to you right now and say, I'm going to give you two choices. Choice A, you can come with me. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you about four seconds and we're going to exit this door, and we're on, we're on a straight course to heaven. Or I'm going to give you what he offered Hezekiah the king, 15 more years, right? He said 15 years of health and prosperity. What would you choose? You know, if you have to think about that too long, you're not following Jesus. You're not having that joy of serving the Lord. Given that choice, man, I'm gone. Because this world is not our own. You know, amen? You know, serving in this world means to serve the unreached. Serving in this world means to go the extra mile. Serving in this world means, again, unconditional love. You know, serving in this world means forfeiting yourself and giving of others. You know, serving in this world truly means finding that joy
that true joy that only comes from serving Jesus Christ. Well, then Luke asked the final question here. Are you ashamed, or Jesus asked the final question, are you ashamed of me and my message? In verse 26. Wow, that's a tough question. Are you ashamed of me and my message? Well, folks, ashamed basically just means are you embarrassed or guilty because of one actions, characteristics, or associations, right? So what I really think here, I think this. I think Jesus is, is says, I don't think Jesus is asking, are you ashamed of me and the life I lived? I don't, I don't really think that Jesus is asking, are you ashamed of the people that I hung out with? I don't really think Jesus is asking, are you ashamed of the way that I died? And I really don't think Jesus is asking, are you ashamed of the way that he treated others? You know, I don't think that at all. I think what Jesus is asking is, are you prepared to do the same? And that's really the joy of finding Jesus and following Jesus. So folks, in closing, I'm going to ask you, where's your faith light? Right now, is your faith light on? If so, what's it telling you? Is it telling you, man, check it, because you're not really joyfully following me? Are you listening to that light? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit within you? Or are you trying to do what some do, put a piece of tape over it, cover it up, ignore it? Or are you truly, truly showing those around you that you have the joy of following Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, it, it is a joy, dear God, to follow you, to follow your son, Jesus. Lord, we don't always look forward to the road ahead, for the persecution, the people and the lives that we have to touch. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes, Lord, we have to give up ourselves. But, Lord, you've given us your command. You have told us in no uncertain terms how we are to live. And, Lord, that life that we are to lay out before you is to truly, joyfully follow Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I just pray this, after, this morning that you would help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.